Hey dudes, this is Michael, one of the co-hosts of Two Dudes in the Nest, the show you're about to listen to. If you are a first-time listener and you've picked one of these older episodes to listen to, maybe because it's one of your favorite games on the NES, I don't blame you. However, I just want to warn you that uh, this is, some of these episodes are three, four, maybe five years old. And this is before we got new audio equipment. This is really before we even knew what we were doing. But we... You know, we want to leave them on the feed as long as we can because we want to have plenty of episodes for people to listen to. I just want to give a fair bit of warning before we get started. If you're an older listener and you're going back to listen to an episode again, uh, you may hear something new because right before the episode starts here, we're going to have an advertisement, which is probably not what you heard the first time through. But now we started doing ads in our shows, so we're going to have an ad here. Anyways, I hope you enjoy. And if you do enjoy, please subscribe to the podcast and listen to as many episodes as you can. It always helps us out. And tell a friend, too. That'd be nice. Enjoy the show. Hey, Justin. What's up, man? Uh, nothing much. Just gonna talk a little uh, King's Quest Five on the Two Dudes in NS podcast. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so let me just get this out of the way. Off the bat, thank you, Tyler, for your donation to our Patreon. This game is for you. However, two things. One, uh, no offense to Tyler, but I'm a little worried about whether or not he's going to remain a listener or a donor after we do this episode. Uh, And two, I did honestly play this game a lot more than I normally do because I felt so bad. I I was sitting here, I was taking... This is a little bit spoilers for later in the episode, but I was taking notes. I was playing the game, and I looked at my notes. I was like, I have no notes. I got nothing to say about this game. So I kept playing it, and I kept playing it. I was like trying to get more notes, and I think I ended up with less notes. So I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how this goes. Yeah, better not say that. Better not say that. Okay. Yeah. But uh, oh, I, I wanted to say that Carl pulled a Carl and had a baby. Is that the new pulling a Carl? What if, what if he... This is not a poop baby either, people. This is a real baby. Yeah, wait. wait. What if, while his life, wife was in labor, he pulled a girl? <laughs> That's the ultimate pulling a girl right there. I'm going to say he probably did. He probably did. He probably He's did. like, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can you wait just a second? Don't don't let the, <laughs> don't have the baby just quite yet. I got I to run to the bathroom. <laughs> pulling a girl. Pulling a girl. No, but so. yes, congratulations to Carl. He doesn't listen to the show, but congratulations to him anyways. I feel like he's such a, uh, you know, piece of this podcast. That I, I feel like be. us congratulating Carl on this show that he will never hear actually might mean something to some of the listeners out there. So That's what I'm saying. He's yeah. such an <laughs> integral part of the show that uh, thought I should bring that, bring that out. Yeah. Now, I noticed the people who watch the behind the scenes will get to see this, but uh, I know you're wearing orange, and we've done a really good job of not talking about <laughs> our YouTube Vols all season on this show. I know last couple seasons, we spent some time on our ep- actual episodes talking about talking about the YouTube Vols, because for any new listeners out there, we're both alumni and pretty big Vols fans. And nobody likes football, usually, that listens to these type of podcasts, but... I digress. I feel like we need to say at least a couple words. About yeah, the state I mean, of the un- we need to have a state of the union address for the. Uh, well, the I, I think I think Butch Jones era is over. 
I mean, you know, everybody's like, well, he could go eight and four. He could go eight and four. But look, are we really going to judge his success on beating Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Southern Miss, all these teams that we have left? I mean, what does it really matter if he beats those teams? It doesn't he's matter much to, to me. He's supposed to beat those teams every year, so it doesn't matter. You can go eight and four, and that's fine. But it's, the year is still a failure because you haven't beaten any of your uh, best competition or your rivals. You know, and our friend Grant, he's never been on this show, has he? He was on Retro mm, Thought. Uh, yeah, no, he was on Retro Thought, Bob. He's never been on this show. But he brought up a good point on Facebook. He's like, you can't really call yourself an elite team when you haven't beat your rival in 10 years. It's pretty bad. Yeah, so, you know... I understand it's expensive. It's going to be at least $12 million of a buyout to get rid of the guys that you got now. And, uh, yeah, that's Butch Jones plus all the assistants. Well, I will, I'll quote Dynasty, the old TV show from the 80s here. Uh, it's just a million dollars spit in the ocean. <laughs> it's actually $12 million spit in the ocean. Whatever that means. Yeah. I don't know. Um, you, can, you can figure it out. I just, right. I just quote the show. And then you're going to have to spend, you know, if you look at any of these teams that have brought coaches in that have changed the program. And I'm going to give uh, James, like a James Franklin who's gone, who went from Vanderbilt to Penn State. Penn State's number two in the country now. Uh, you know, they were obviously in bad shape <laughs> when he came in. Um, and he's brought them, you know, all the way back. But he's, you know, they pay him nine million dollars a year. Yeah, it's close to Nick Saban's salary. He's making eleven. I mean, when you're talking that much, you're going to have to spend that much money probably to bring somebody in that is going to bring us up to that next level. So you're saying twelve million dollar buyout plus year one, you're going to have to spend probably eight to twelve million dollars. Um, so the thing about Butch Jones, you say what you want, but we got him on a uh. Dollar Tree salary as far as coaching staffs go because he's That's like true. he makes like four four and a half million a year, which is a lot of money. Don't get me wrong, but compared to some of the other big names, okay. So what I'm hearing is we need more Patreon donors for the Two Dudes in this podcast to help us fund our coaches, our coaches here at Tennessee, and right. for them we will probably move on from football because I'm sure nobody wants to hear this. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's really, I thought, you know, honestly, because so this is Sunday night after the Alabama game, and I thought he would have already been fired by now. <laughs> yeah. I really did, because I thought, you know, of course, my argument was probably should have been gone after the Georgia game, because at that point, well, maybe I could say let him try to beat South Carolina, which he didn't. But did you really think that we had any chance to win this game at all? Without against Alabama, well, I don't think anybody did. So no, no. So, anyways, to catch everybody up, Tennessee is a colossal failure and has been for many, many years. Butch Jones had his chance. He's our current coach. He uh, at least got us out of a pretty bad hole and got us in a better position. But he's not the guy going forward. We don't think. And we appreciate everybody listening to us vent for the first ten minutes of our podcast. One more thing, though. Nope, Here's nope, the problem: is going to keep going. Here's the problem, is he's gotten worse. It's like year five is worse. Like, we weren't this bad the previous two years. 
No, like, we, we didn't look lucky. this bad. Huh? We probably just got lucky too yeah. much. There was a lot of luck that happened last year in particular. Yeah, that's true. All right, I'm done. Okay, all right. I got plenty more tangents, don't worry, for the rest of this episode. And Tyler, I'm so sorry. But for now, how about we talk a little King's Quest V? You got some history for us? All right, King's Quest V. So yeah, King's Quest V history. The tagline, I love the tagline. Absence makes the heart go yonder. It makes no sense to me. It doesn't make any sense. But here's the thing. King's Quest games, they tend to just always have a tagline that's kind of like an old saying, you know, like, you know... Uh, absence makes the heart grow fonder, and this one's you know absent, blah blah blah. You know, mm-hmm. um, like for example, uh, uh, King's Quest Three was to hair is human, not uh-huh. to air is human. To right. hair, like hair of the throne or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they they always had a tagline to their games, which was you know I thought it was pretty neat. I thought that's pretty. It's cute. Yeah. I got you. It's good. I like it. I like it. But anyway, King's Quest was a a, a, uh, game line that was brought out by Sierra Online. And you want to hear something else that's pretty cute? Sure. Sierra Entertainment was founded and ran by... A baby. Husband... No. Husband (laughs) and wife, Ken and Roberta Williams. Oh, how sweet. And they developed games together. And one of those games that they developed together was King's Quest V. That is, that's, that's adorable. Ken Williams uh, was the producer. And Roberta Williams was the designer. Uh, also, what Ken and Roberta like to do in their spare time is they like to sail. <laughs> it, hey, all right. Sailing takes, takes me, me away. away. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear us do that. No. Hey, did I ever tell you? Sorry, tangent already. But did I ever tell you about the time uh, that I went over Crab Man? It was like Halloween from a lot of years ago. Remember that song that came out? It was like Sail, but it was like the guy would he would yes. like yell Sail, and then be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. It's like electronic song. Well, anyways, I had not heard it. Josh was trying to introduce me to that song. He was saying, hey, have you heard that song, Sail? I was like, yeah, I think I've heard that one. Is it, it's like, sailing takes me away. <laughs> He's like, no, 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 that's not it. He said, I'll play it for you a little bit later, because this was like a Halloween party. He didn't want to interrupt the party to play it for me. But as the night got on, and it's a Halloween party, and there's may have been a few things going around to make people looser it just got worse and worse he would want to play it and then it would be like i would get slapper bags in on it with me and we'd both be singing this christopher cross song to him and he got so frustrated <laughs> oh man I, that's awesome I'm, I'm not sure if we ever actually let him play us that sale song that night because i think every time and i think i even like went and got my ipad or not my ipad my ipod and like plugged yeah. it up to his stereo and actually played the christopher cross song over. Oh, man, that's, great. that's great i love that christopher cross song it is actually so, a really good song. It's one of those uh, guilty pleasure songs for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, sorry. It's not for to never never land. <laughs> At least it's not for me. Do you think we get in trouble <laughs> if I just like put that song right here for everybody to listen to? And if the wind is right, you can sail away. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you watch the show uh, Last Man on Earth? No. 
you should, okay? Because it, it really has, like, our sense of humor. Like, that stupid, really su- stupid sense of humor. And uh, it's one of those shows that, like, it's funny at first, but as the seasons progress, it just gets, hilarious, like, even more funny. Mm-hmm. Like, it's on season three right now, and it's just hilarious. But they, like, the latest episodes, they've, like, been singing that song. <laughs> it's <pretty> funny. <laughs> but, uh... Oh, anyway. that sounds like the show for me for sure yeah it's great I would uh, I would suggest watching it but uh, anyway back to King's Quest so King's Quest was a DOS game um, all the the original King's Quest were um, uh, games for a PC and Sierra Online I, they actually had created video games in the past cartridge games uh, but they stopped in 1983. So this release that came out uh, in June of 92 um, was uh, their first cartridge game to come out. So it was actually a little bit later than the PC version of King's Quest V uh, came out, um, So, which was in 1990. But anyway, so there was obviously differences between the PC version and the NES version. A lot of it, uh, a lot of things had to be uh, taken out. Uh, Like, uh, uh, because Nintendo, of course, had its video game guidelines. And so a lot of it had to do with death. Um, One example is uh, Graham's water drinking scene in the desert where the narrator's words say, Ah, life-giving water. Nectar of the gods. Graham can now feel strength and renewal flowing through him. That's what they said in the PC version. But in the NES version, it says, Ah, cool water. Felt wonderful on Graham's parched lips, and his body now feels rejuvenated. This was because they thought that the original version, since he says Nectar of the gods, mm-hmm. was uh, edited uh, due to religious themes. And yeah, Nintendo was real strict on the religious stuff. Yeah. And, like, later in the game, Cedric is turned to stone rather than Mordok actually killing him, which is what happens at the PC version. Poor, poor Cedric. I uh, but anyway, I like Cedric. He's, like, probably my favorite character in the game. Yeah. He's easily my favorite. Um, but anyway, one of the most important things about this game is who released it for the NES, and that was Konami. I know. Shocker, right? Right. So this doesn't really feel like a whole lot of konami games in the past but you know that we've talked about but there it is just, so, it was just was it just published by konami though right it was still yeah. de- was it still developed by it was still developed by sierra just published by konami that's it actually i think it was uh hold on i'm gonna pull a wikipedia on you looks like it was developed by novo trade i don't know who that is but uh Mm. I may be wrong, too, but that's what the internet's telling me. I did not come across that, but I'm not going to deny it. But uh, bottom line is, Konami published it. Yeah, Konami So, I don't know, did Nintendo... They still had their five-game rule back... I mean, at this point in the lifespan of the NES, right? So Konami, I don't want to say they wasted it, but they actually used one of their publishing rights for a game that they didn't make. Right. Which just really felt uh, like this was a good game. Yeah, maybe. So, um, or maybe it was a lean year for Konami, and they were just like, you know, we'll, we'll... because this is also late 
in the cycle of the NES. Yeah. Like by the time this is out, Super Nintendo's already out. And that leads me to, to uh, one of the things that I was going to bring up is that the Nintendo Power, where this game is discussed in, the uh, the cover is actually Street Fighter 2 Turbo for Super Nintendo. Nice. So you got to think, this is definitely late in the cycle because we're, we're talking about it in a Nintendo Power magazine where we're talking about the second Street Fighter for the Super Nintendo. Yeah. So I don't think the first one came out for the Super Nintendo, to my knowledge. So it would have been the first Super Nintendo release of Street Fighter. But regardless, yes, we're talking about Street Fighter, one of the most, the, Street Fighter 2, one of the best games of all time on the Super, Super mm-hmm. NES at this point. So mm-hmm. it has got to be late in the NES cycle. Yeah. So, which is interesting, in it, it wasn't talked about in Nintendo Power until August of 1993, even though it was released in June of 1992. And Nintendo Power actually alluded to this in the article they wrote, um, where they said King's Quest V was released in June of 1992 because so many NES games came out that month, we passed on covering it then. And they... Uh, of course, they covered it this, but I think that was kind of a cop out by Nintendo, to be honest with you, yeah, because I looked back. It. <laughs> I, I looked back at the uh, Nintendo Power from June of 1992, and there wasn't a whole lot of NES games that like they were talking about in that episode. So I think they just either just skimmed o- skipped over it, or like thought maybe somebody played it later on and decided. Hey, we need to go back and look at this game or something. But. Okay, well, I got a theory. I got. A, I think that they probably had you know early release game, and when they're playing it, they have to figure out every, how to do everything. Mm-hmm. I think they just wanted to wait a little while, let somebody else figure out how to do all the stuff, and then just sure. play it after they could just do you know it's much easier that way. That's the yeah. way we play games. At least that's the way I play games these days. Yeah. So just just to uh, give you an example, so this is the Nintendo Power from June of 92. Lemmings was on the cover. Uh, They talked about Advanced Dungeons and Dragons Dragon Strike for NES. Uh, And they were talking about Super Nintendo games, but really, like, as far as NES games, they talked about Baseball Stars 2 and Lemmings. Hmm. So I think that was a bit of a cop-out to say, hey, yeah, it might have been. Uh, there were so many games that came out that month. So we're on to you, Nintendo, for Nintendo Power. You can't pull one over on us. Just a tidbit. 30 years later, or however right, long just, it's been. <laughs> just a tidbit. The other NES game they talked about in the August 1993 Nintendo Power game for uh, NES was Jurassic Park. Also one that I've never played. I hadn't played this one prior to the show, and I have not played Jurassic Park for the NES, actually. So, now if you could pull this out, I'm, you you win a million dollars. Whoa. Okay. Really? Yeah. Super Nintendo. So you know, obviously, when you know, like Nintendo Power always did their top twenty games for NES, Game Boy, and Super Nintendo at this time. Mm-hmm. If you can tell me the number one game for the Super NES, and I'll tell you. It was actually a famous franchise for Nintendo. Ooh. Can you tell me what was the number this one? This is August of 93. August of 93. And this is the number one Super Nintendo game. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I can see his hand, so he's not Googling it. 
Yeah, not Googling right here. <laughs> I'm going to say F-Zero. No, no. It's number one with Star Fox. Ah, Star Fox. So, Blast. Yeah. There the goes number one million dollars. Another million right. dollars spit in the ocean. See if you can re- see if you can redeem yourself. Okay. What was the number one NES game that month? Is this August '93? Also famous <laughs> Nintendo brand. Is it Mario? Huh? Three? Yeah, you got it. <laughs> Super Mario Bros. Three is number one. Legend of Zelda is number two. Wow. All right. Anyway, that's enough for history. Yeah. So, uh, did you? So obviously, you just said you you had never played this game. So, did you go on a quest to find this game? I did not go on a big giant quest to find this game, and I uh, uh, I always hated Midness, but I demo mode this one. I did the demo on this one. Yeah. <sighs> See, I don't know. I've mm, yeah. Sorry, sorry, Tyler. I played the demo. I feel I always feel terrible when I do that because there's so many good podcasts out there. There's so many good YouTube shows where people have an entire collection of games where they have every single game in the library, or they'll go, they'll buy it for the purposes of their show. And I I usually do that, but every now and then I just I don't feel motivated. Yeah, and we'll get to this later. But you know, this isn't one of the cheapest right. that you've come across. So. Uh, yeah, like I said, we'll get to that later. But it so no, I did not. I did not go on a quest. Uh, I took the uh, cheap way out. Yeah, that's okay. You can't be perfect. Mm, yeah, but I can try. Right. Just not tonight. Yeah. So all right then. Um, so I didn't. I never played it prior to doing this show. Had you ever played it prior to the show? No, I had not. Had you ever played any King's Quest games? Never played a King's Quest at all. Okay, so I had played King's Quest. Um, it was, I don't know how I came across it, but it was on a computer that Dad brought home one one time. He brought home a computer and had a bunch of, <laughs> uh, bunch of discs. They mm-hmm. were, I don't remember, I don't remember if they were floppy, floppy discs or if they were the little three and a half inch right. hard ones. I don't remember, but I don't remember there was a King's Quest game on it. I was like, oh. This is cool. So I, I, I put it in. I'm pretty sure it was on DOS that you had to play it. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I don't remember which King's Quest it was. I think it was like three, maybe. It was before this one because it did not look as good as this one. Because we'll make we'll make we'll talk about that here in just a second. NES versus the original computer version, but the computer version of King's Quest Five looks really good. Yeah. And my computer version of King's Quest Five did not look very good. So it had to have been like three or below, I imagine. Well, you know, if it was three, that'd be almost poetic because three was kind of the prequel to this game. Really? I I have a feeling it was three. I feel so, like it was three. So just to kind of fill you in on that story, I came across that um, as uh, uh, I was reading about the history. So in this game, obviously Mordok, Mordak, uh, the evil uh, wizard comes in, steals the um, the the castle, right? right? And King Graham, he's out wandering around, you know, and he comes back and it's gone. Yeah, what well, was he doing exactly? Is it King's Quest Three? Is, is that what he was doing? 
No, no, because uh, what what it was. So there was kind of this question: was why did Mordak just take his guy's cat, this guy's castle? Well, if you notice in the game, he Mordak keeps uh, saying that he's going to feed the family to the cat, um, Mananan, uh-huh. Mananan, right? Well, Mananan, Mananan <laughs> was a wizard. <laughs> Uh, and Graham's son, Prince Alexander, turned Mananan into a cat. Oh. So, and in this game, he says he's not going to give the castle back until uh, he restores Mananan. Mananan. Jack Bandit. <laughs> back yeah. to his true form. So they're, okay. so three and five are connected. I don't know what four is about, but. Hmm. Okay, so, uh, so do you play as Graham's son in three? I'm assuming, but I, I feel don't like know. I played as as Graham in the game. I, we don't need to spend all this time figuring out what game I played back in '91 on an old DOS computer. Okay, so it your dad matter. probably got because they were throwing it away. Yes, at, at a school or at, something. At a school, yeah, they were probably throwing it away at a school and you brought it home. So and then he regardless, there was a game on it and threw it away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Instead of he thought I was going to be doing math or something on it, he found out I was playing King's Quest and just threw everything away. <laughs> anyway, anyways, let's let's bring it on back. Let's bring it back to King's Quest Five with the manual. Yes. Now I could not find. Obviously, I couldn't find a physical manual, but I also could not find a PDF manual. But I did find where somebody typed out the manual. <laughs> Onto like a Wikipedia page, so that's what we're going with tonight. Um, okay. So uh, that's all I got. I tried. I've got the PDF manual. Where did you find it? I will turn it over to you then, sir. Not to be a one-upper. I'll just follow along. I'll just follow along. You go ahead. You got not to. Can I screen share? I guess I don't need to screen share this. So I'll hold up mine like like a loser. You know, so you got the uh, Konami. Hold on a second. I gotta try to figure this out. Maybe not. Good pod. Great pod. Let's see. I right. I just want to say you may have one up me by finding the PDF manual, but I'm way better at this than you, obviously. Right. True. Now, can you see the PDF manual now? Yeah, I see okay. it. Wow, it looks great. Yeah. Yeah. So we got Konami, uh, limited warranty, blah, 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 right? Then we got, congratulations. You are now the proud owner of King's Quest V from Konami. This is the official Nintendo Entertainment System adaptation of the award-winning computer game by Roberta Williams. Yeah, Ken doesn't even get mentioned there, huh? Hmm. See how that is. Before still, you... the, the better question here now is, are they still married? They are still married. Okay, all right. Yeah. So he don't need any accolades. Right. Before you sidle off to Serenia and search for Mordak, please read this manual thoroughly. This story is so long. It's a very long story, so I'm not gonna... Uh, the quest thus far. Can you give me the Cliff Notes version? I can't, <laughs> because <laughs> I haven't read it before. But... Uh, Okay, I will. I'll do. I'll do what they always te- taught me in speed reading class. Okay, I want to read the story. I'm going to read the story for us, but I'm going to do a speed reading style. You ready? 
Yes. And that doesn't mean I'm going to read it fast. It just means I'm going to read the first and last sentence of every paragraph. All right. I think we'll be okay. Long ago, in the kingdom of Daventry, there were three magical treasures that kept the kingdom strong and prosperous. Daventry, whoa, no, this isn't going to work. Sorry. (laughs) Good pod. Yeah, because now it makes no sense. (laughs) So I guess, uh, yeah, never mind. The story is the wizard man comes and steals the castle, and you're trying to get it back. And in order to get it back, you got to find all these magical items. So then you got how to play, and then you got my kingdom for an icon bar. It shows you um, what each icon does. You can talk, which talk is just lips. And for some reason, when I first saw it, I thought it was kiss. <laughs> <laughs> you just walked around trying to kiss everybody. Yeah. Now, okay, we, let's stop here because this is going to be this is one of my complaints about the game. Okay, uh, I'm going to say one of my few complaints. Because uh, I don't want to make anybody mad. So, uh, the the King's Quest game that I played when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and most all, by the uh, maybe I, I'm going. This is terrible. I'm I'm all over the place. But I do need to say this first. This is the game type of game. This is in case the people listening don't know. This is a basically a point and click adventure, kind of like mm-hmm. in the vein of Maniac Mansion or Monkey Island or something like that. Okay, so it's, it's point and click adventure. Mm-hmm. All right. So the King's Quest that I played when I was younger was just like those point-and-click adventures where it had text to tell you what each thing was. So you click mm-hmm. talk. It was the word talk. And you click open, and it was the word open. So you'd click it, and then you click on what you want to open, right? right. Well, this game tried to, I guess, streamline that, maybe, by giving you symbols without words. Yeah. And so I spent... The, I mean, I guess eventually you get used to what those symbols are. I, I mean, I did, but I just spent the first, I mean, maybe it's because I didn't look at the manual too, but I spent the first, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes learning what all these things were, you mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. so I don't know. And they're not super intuitive. Like I didn't, I had no idea what, there's one that's walk and one that's quick travel. Right. Uh, but I, I don't, it, it didn't make a whole lot of didn't make a whole lot of sense to me in the game. I don't, it's just, I don't know. I didn't like, I, d- I would much prefer, and maybe this is a personal preference, but I would much prefer words for, right. what, for what I'm doing. Walk and click travel uh, are, are somewhat silly because walk, it's like if there's something in between Graham and where you wanted to go, he'll, like you have to... You run into it. it. Yeah. Yeah. But quick travel, he'll just avoid it. So why don't we just have quick travel? Yeah, why isn't everything quick travel? Although, bonus, one of the nice things about this game, I will say, is that the D-pad controls your guy. Like, when you want to walk somewhere, you just walk him like you're playing a regular game. Right. That's a nice touch. Because a lot of times, you would have to use the D-pad to move the arrow to select something and then make him walk by moving the arrow around the screen, right? Mm-hmm. But in this game, he walk, you point him where you want him to walk, and he walks there. Right. So, using the D-pad. I did like that quite a bit. That was a nice touch. Right. So, let's see. What else we got here? Action, which is just a hand. I thought that was slap. <laughs> so, we're just walking around kissing and slapping people. Yeah, that's right. Like a real man. <laughs> right. <laughs> I got two things. <laughs> this is... All right. Um, it tells you uh, about the world of Serenia, 
Mm-hmm. Now, th- this game does have a really deep, detailed story. It's mm-hmm. uh, you have to kind of be into this, you know, fantasy type of story. I mean, this is like knights, Sir Graham. The who you playing as like the king's best knight, and it's you know, you, it, it's a very much fantasy story. So you have to like fantasy stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, to, wizards, really, yeah, wizards and. Talking owls, which I'm kind of, I'm a little bit into talking owls. I'm not gonna lie. Oh sure, because owls are like, if you can envision any animal talking, I think it'd be an owl. Yeah, like I can't envision any other animal talking better than an owl. I feel like my dog talks pretty good. Mm, dogs, dogs do kind of look at you. Like they got that look, you know. Like yeah. They're I, I don't. I mean, I don't think she'd be able to speak words like an owl can. But right, she talks. Yeah, at least an owl would be able to be nuanced. Dogs would just be like, "I'm so glad you're here." (laughs) 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 It it is funny because, like, a dog, pretty much, the dog will be like laying there on the couch or something, and it'll look back at you and just kind of stare at you for a moment, and you're thinking, "I wonder what they're thinking," but really, they're probably just thinking, "I'm so glad you're sitting here with me." I'm so glad you're not. Out doing something, you're home. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Cats are the same way, but in the opposite. They'll look at you and they're like, why are you here? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're still here. Well, uh, Adam Carolla, he did this one where he was like comparing dogs and having dogs and cats to to like roommates. He's like, what? (laughs) He's like, so, you know, it's like cats, like would be like having a roommate that, um, you know, didn't really like ever talk to you and, you know, didn't really care if you were there or not, but they were tidy. They kind of kept to themselves and, you know, kept things clean. Cause like a dog would be like having a roommate that was like really into you and like always telling you that you look like you've lost weight and, you know, <laughs> he like loves to hang out with you, but then you got to clean up after him all the time because he's slob. <laughs> yeah. So, no. All right. So, questing for quest questions a guide for the beginning adventure game player. I like this section just because of the title. Questing for quest questions. This is a good section, though, too, just for somebody who has never played this kind of game before. Yeah. Because this is very helpful to... I mean, this is a pretty detailed section telling you, like, kind of how... Why why would you want to look at something, or what mm. does the talk function really do? You know what I mean? Yeah, because, I mean, let's say you receive a message that says you find a statue of a golden yak. <laughs> so uh, That's actually in the manual. I know. I know, I know. That I, was I love it. People now. I'm talking to the people now. I know. Or, for example, after battling all the hideous otter-headed jungle beasties, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. feel like beast loses its loses its teeth if it's beastie. Yeah. <laughs> if somebody's a beast, you know, that's one thing. But if somebody, oh, he's beastie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Throw that e in there and just. That's what you're saying. Kinda makes like, them more cute. Kind of sissies it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh, what do I do when I get stuck? Uh, and they say, we recommend throwing your arms up in the air, uh, arms up in despair, and going outside to play in the fresh air. But if you really want to stick with it, then just try lots of new combinations. 
So one thing that that brings up another point that was apparently a difference between the PC version and the NES version, which the NES version was like really got it to where I would like uh, like games to be. Apparently in King's Quest V for the PC, you, there were like combinations if you did things a certain way that it just made the game unbeatable. And you just like kept playing. Yeah. It's pointless. Like nothing. Right. You couldn't beat the game because of something you did. But it didn't tell you that that was the deal. So it just let you right. keep like playing mm-hmm. the game and not knowing. But the NES game version does not. They fixed a lot of that stuff. They didn't, didn't let you do that. Now this game does, however, um, and this is another one of my gripes. This game does have lots of death. Yes. You can lose this game. Now, it's funny, the um, the games like Maniac Mansion and stuff, they take a different approach where they don't really let you die and lose. They just, you just have to keep trying to figure it out. And it's funny, I don't know if anybody out there has played, it's on the Nintendo Switch, but it's a game called Thimbleweed Park. It's like a new version of Maniac Mansion, made by the same people, Ron Gilbert and crew. Yeah. But in that game, uh, I forget where it is, it's like in one of the menus or something, it's talking about the difficulty of the game or something, and they they were like, the developers of this game feel that it's you should not have to worry about dying. You, it, this is not a game where you can lose. You just have to figure. It, it's just funny. They're like, yeah. some games will will make you lose. It's almost like the at play. I was playing King's Quest alongside Thimbleweed Park for the Switch, and the whole time I was thinking, it's like it's almost like they're taking a jab at the King's Quest people for <laughs> causing a lose state. You know what I mean? Right. But in this game's defense, and we may talk about it here in a minute, uh, I did die a lot, but those were some of my favorite parts of the game because this game is hilarious when it comes to uh, the number of the number of ways you can die and the things that it says to you when you die. And there's whole YouTube videos just Ooh, dedicated that would to be that. Good. I have not watched these. I need to watch this because every every death that I had was just hilarious. Well, spoiler alert for our uh, uh, feedback section. One of the deep patterns is actually one of the ones that is one of made. the YouTube videos. All right, these YouTube videos. But anyway, sweet. But yeah, so you can go on. You can actually just go on YouTube and watch all the ways you can die. Wow. So, well, and- spoilers. That may be my recommended way to play this game. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, but seriously, what did you what did you think about? Just in general, just plain. Okay, so, you know, here's the thing. So, you know me and and probably people that have listened to all of our hundred and so episodes know that I'm not the adventure RPG type guy. Like, it's just not my type of game. And, you know, it's not to say that I think they're bad games. I just, if I'm going to pick a game, I'm not going to play the adventure RPG games because they're just, I don't know, not for me. So this game was right in that adventure RPG game category. So it was kind of, I had to try to keep an open mind. I tried to think of things that I really liked about this game. And there are things that I really liked about this game. I do like the uh, the combinations and things that you have to do and try to figure that out. And you know, one thing like getting the old fish to get the bear to get away from the honey so you can talk to the bees early in the game is one interesting there are, thing. There are some clever puzzles in this game. I agree right. with that for sure. Um, and uh, 
the ways that you die, the game has a sense of humor, which I really appreciate. Um, so, all in all, I don't think that it was a, a bad experience, but trying to try to, um, I'm not sure that uh, I would have been in love with this game uh, playing it when I was younger either. Yeah. So, I, I will say that um, in, when I was younger, and playing the other King's Quest, I just did not like it at all. And I'm afraid that my childhood memories of playing King's Quest, whatever number it was prior to this one, and not liking it at all, may have colored my vision for playing this game on the NES. Because I really do feel like this is a pretty pretty good representation of a King's Quest game on the NES. I mean, sure, the PC oh, yeah. version is probably better. Uh, I've never played the King's Quest Five on the PC. I'm sure it's probably. I know it looks better and sounds better, but as far as playing, I don't really know. But I feel like this is a really accurate representation of King's Quest on the NES. Yeah. I just, for some reason, can't, I just can't get into it. I don't know why. And I feel bad about it, but I just. For what it is, too, it's a well-designed game. I mean, for the game, it's a great game. It's, there's so many aspects to it. There's so many things to do. Um. The story is great. You know, you can tell that this is something that was really spent a lot of time in. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of text. Hope you like reading. Yeah. Of course, you don't have to read it, but then you won't know what to do. Yeah. And then you show up, your gram, you show up, your castle's gone, right? And then there's this talking owl, and you're wondering, what did Graham eat while he was out in the woods? <laughs> right. But anyway, so the owl, what, one funny thing was uh, the owl, Cedric, so he kind of follows you around to, mo- to a lot of parts of the game. He doesn't come to some parts because he says it's too dangerous for him. Right, which, or he, you know. he's a, he won't go into the town because he's afraid people won't like a talking owl in town. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is funny in its own life. But one of my yeah. first things that I knew that this game had a sense of humor was in the early in the game, and the Cedric's telling him that, you know, the castle's gone, but, you know, I'll take you to, to see this old wizard. And um, uh, he says, but I've got some old fairy dust here, just handy. Here, use this and we can fly away. And so they fly away. They go to Crispin and he like, uh, Graham falls in the water. And Crispin looks at him and he's like, what, you know, I don't even remember what he was says, but he like says kind of some smart alecky remark about him just being sitting in the water, <laughs> yeah. um, which is odd because in, he he's standing in the water at that point, making you think that the water right at the shore is shallow. But later in the game, if you were to walk into the water, you just die. Yeah, you drown. So. And I love, oh man, I wish I would have wrote down some of the things that they say in the death scenes, but. This, the death scenes that are just so hilarious, like the, and the way they look too, like when like you walk up to the bear or something, and he just like mauls you, and then it says, <laughs> says, uh, let's try not to feed the animals, Graham, or something like that. Yeah. It's probably not wise to feed the animals, or pet the animals or something like that. Right. It's funny, but uh, you know, it's just I feel like um, I, I want people to experience that for themselves. So maybe this YouTube's the way to go, or if you want to play the game, but. This sounds like this YouTube video of all the deaths or a bunch of the deaths is the way to go because th- that's probably hands down my favorite part of the game is all the the deaths plus the 
the funny commentary that goes along with it. Mm, right. And I do realize that's a contradiction for me to say that, seeing as how I just got through saying that I prefer adventure games where you don't die. But yeah, you know what I'm saying. Uh, I do like when you first meet Crispin, and there's kind of a banter between him and uh, um, Cedric. And uh, but then Crispin's like, I think I might have something to help you, and he goes over to his box and he's like, Oh, here's an old piece of a white snake. And all I could think was, here, here I go, I go again <laughs> off my own. That's what I was thinking too in a second. <laughs> It'd be so awesome if I, if they just played that song. Like an 8-bit ver- like yeah. version of Here I Go Again on My Own. Just all the, of a sudden and it would not have surprised me with the way the comedy in this game mm-hmm. is. It would not have surprised me all of a sudden you just heard White say, This is like the Robin Hood men in tights of... Because <laughs> yeah. you, you're even like a little guy with a little feather in his hat. Right, right. It's not that. It's not as funny as Robin Hood Men Tights. No way. No way. No how. But I'm just saying, the comedy in this game to me is just it's clever. I don't know. It definitely. It's, a, it's kind of a serious game, but it's it's got these little moments of just humor that's pretty clever. Yeah. So. All right. So let me just. Uh, so in in general, I think we're on the consensus of saying this is a pretty quality representation of King's Quest and if that's your style of game then it just may be the kind of game for you however I do have some caveats I would like to get off my chest okay uh, I did not like the controls other than walking around which is pretty easy to do I did not like the controls at all I don't it just something about the d-pad and the moving the arrow around with the d-pad and then selecting the picture at the top Mm-hmm. to represent what you want to do. I just, it just did not jive well with me. For some reason, I don't really know. I mean, I, I know I played Maniac Mansion and loved it, so I don't know why I would this game would bother me, but for some reason the controls in this one did. Uh, let's see. I think that we talk about some great moments, like the, the comedy in the game, and some of the puzzles are really great, but the, there's also some puzzles that are just really obscure that I'd, just can't imagine I would have ever figured out if I had not have tried to look them up first. Really, to me, this game is just a... It's like that a giant case of hit or miss for me. Because, mm-hmm. like, moments... There were moments in this game... Because I am a bit of an adventure game fan. I'm not as big of a fantasy fan, but I do like adventure games. So there were moments in this game I was like, wow, this is great. I love this game. And then there were other moments where I was like, uh, I, just, I don't like this game at all. So it was just a big giant case of hit or miss for me. Yeah. And I think that that's pretty much kind of the experience I had as well. Um, and that there was, there were things that I liked, but you know, I felt that I was some somewhat trying to convince myself that it was a good game, you know? Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. And, um, but I do, I will say one of the, a couple of things that I did like about the game I like the the graphics. The graphics were really good. See, for me, graphics were another case of hit or miss. Because some of the graphics were awesome. And then Mm -hmm. some of them were just downright terrible to me. I just, some of them, some of them were so bad that it obscured what I was supposed to be doing. And that really bothered me. Because there's a lot of interaction with the background that you have to do in this game. Mm -hmm. Sure. And some of the graphics were so bad that I could not figure out how to interact with what was going on. I, you know, okay. Like I, even I even see. reading, even reading what to do, 
I still could not figure out how to make that work with the graphics. I mean, I did eventually, but it, it was it was not a simple one click one click pony. It was not a one click pony. <laughs> that's not that's not a thing. But no, no. But it was not a low, it's not, it was not a one click thing because I couldn't really figure out what I was clicking on. Like, there's one particular part early in the game. You go into the town and there's a coin on the ground, right? Mm-hmm. And well, it's not really you can't see it because there's nothing to see, but except for a little flash, yeah, of the graphics in that spot. And I had I don't know why. Maybe I'm just an idiot, but I had the hardest time getting that pointer to click on that little spot or wherever it's, yeah. wherever this mysterious coin was supposed to be. Yeah, I, I I can see that, but I think for me, you know, just the overall, the sprites are good, the backgrounds are good. That that's kind of. For me, it was overall. Uh, well, overall, I mean, they do look really. I think the backgrounds in the still image look really good. The sprites are nice, nicely animated. They're pretty big. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of brown and a lot of green. You're, you're I mean, a lot of brown. There's a lot of brown. A lot of brown. A lot of kind of a tannish too. brown. But there's some green. There's also some gray. A little bit of red. Yeah, a lot of brown. A lot of brown. <laughs> There's a lot of brown in this game. Right. But anyway, no. in general, I'd say the graphics were... Again, I gotta go with that phrase, hit or miss, for me. Alright. But what about the music? Do you like the music and the sound? I thought the music was pretty good. Uh, it didn't annoy me that bad. But the parts where you're just walking around town and you didn't have any music was kind of annoying to me. It was like... It was just too quiet. You know, when games don't have anything, no background music, it's just, it's too quiet at that point. But then there are, then there are times when there are, there is music. Yeah. Uh, Are you saying it's hit or miss? (laughs) Unfortunately, (laughs) I think I am. (laughs) So. Uh, Yeah, I feel kind of the same way. I feel kind of the same way as you. Nothing annoyed me, Mm -hmm. but... I'm with you. There was, it felt barren at times, which maybe that's what they were going for, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe uh, it just what it just it's not what I wanted for some reason. But the songs that were in it were pretty good. They weren't great, but they were pretty good. They matched. They they were thematically they were they were just what you need for this type of game. Mm-hmm. I felt uh, the music for Crispin was a little creepy. <laughs> well, Crispin's a little creepy himself. He is a creepy dude. So. And and during like in the text box where it shows like who's talking, is he wearing sunglasses? I don't know. I don't, I couldn't figure that out. Like, I just thought he just had like giant shadows over his eyes or something. Maybe, maybe, uh, which is even creepier. Yeah, it's creepy. So I, I thought I was waiting for like a big plot twist where he ends up being like the big bad. Ooh. Which I didn't beat this game. Spoil. Spoiler alert, I didn't beat this game, so maybe he does, but I'm pretty sure he doesn't. You think he's still, you still end up fighting uh, yeah. Murdoch or whatever his name is. Murdoch. 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 Sorry. So, okay. Yeah. Sound, music, pretty good. You can turn it off, which is an interesting <laughs> yeah. approach. You can go in the, in the selection, in the menu selection, just turn sound and music off. You know, there, that reminds me of another game that you can do that, which is so weird to play the game with no music. Tetris, you can do that. Yeah, that is really weird to play Tetris without music. And it's just like, it's the weirdest thing. Just no music. Yeah. But. All right, so we've talked about the graphics, talked about the sound. Mm-hmm. 
talked about the game just in general. But we have what we haven't talked about is whether or not it's worth it. Right. So, like I alluded to earlier, this game's kind of a more expensive-ish game that we've talked about. Uh, really, on eBay, it goes for about 30 bucks. So, is it worth 30 bucks? I'm going to say, for me personally, no, it is not. Yeah. I'm going to go with no as well. Um, not to say that it's a bad game, but... 30 bucks for this game for me it's just too steep yeah it's I don't it's, it's tricky because I don't understand why it's $30 really I just uh, wonder if they, they may have not made a whole lot yeah maybe that's what it is because and it, maybe the Konami name spikes it up a little bit too yeah people think it's Konami so it's like it's gotta be good right it's gotta be mm. um maybe uh, I didn't see like you know anything about you know it being limited release. It is late in the NES cycle, um, and it's a it's a uh, port from a uh, PC game. So I think maybe those two things combined would maybe make you yeah, think you're probably right. It didn't get a whole lot of production, but I don't know. I'm just that's conjecture. Yeah, well you're probably, but that makes sense. So. I don't know, but it's hard for me to recommend this game at $30. With as many quality games for $30 and under, which you, by now, by the time you're hearing this episode, you should yeah. have heard our our pick from game, our games list where we picked games from mm-hmm. with money. Right. And uh, this is a good time to mention it. The No Swear Gamer on YouTube. You know, everybody knows the No Swear Gamer. Mm-hmm. Or at least if you don't, you should. He's good. He's quality, family-friendly fun there on the No Swear Gamer YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. But... He made a good suggestion, and I don't know, we won't implement it on this show, but we may in a future episode. He thinks that we should, now that we have our lists, yeah, we should keep them as running lists and say whether or not we would drop a game off that list to fit one of the, whatever game we're talking about oh. during the Is It Worth It section. I like that idea. Uh, and no. <laughs> no, not on this one. But. That means that we would have to find one or two games of equal value to say, hey, we're dropping these games to add this one. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I, that's a pretty good idea. The only problem is that might preclude us from doing another one of those money episodes. Well, no, not necessarily, because if we develop, you know, if we go through like 100 more episodes and then we want to do another one of those episodes, it wouldn't necessarily... We're just adding money when we add episodes. Oh, that's true. We're adding money. So for now, we're still working off $118. Then we'll have more money. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So we'll think about it. Uh, Listeners out there, let us know. If you think that's a good idea, what the No Swear Gamer recommended, uh, I think it's a good idea. It sounds like Justin does too. Uh, So we could start this episode and say no to King's Quest. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, I think it's a pretty good idea. Poor King's Quest. I feel bad for the guy. I also feel bad for Tyler. Yeah. Both the Tyler that donated to us on Patreon and the Tyler at Just threw up. <laughs> Not one and the same. I did ask him if it was the same guy. The Tyler, the Patreon Tyler is not the same Tyler from Chili's. Yeah. Good. So. All right. So, 
You got any retrofitted trophies? You want to go on another tangent? What are we doing here? I don't know. What do you want to do? Uh, I can go on another tangent. Are you still running? Uh, yes. Uh, I've had like a little stomach virus the past couple of days. You know, I talked to you about this the other day. I had a flu shot. Mm-hmm. And you know, usually the flu shot kind of makes me feel a little crummy the next day. A little tired. That's it. That's usually about all I get. Um, and I think it just was a coincidence actually this time, but, uh, I've had like a stomach virus on top of it. So I've not felt great. So I haven't actually ran since Thursday. I'm getting about four, uh, four to five runs a week. I try to get 12 and a half miles a week. I try to keep, try to keep 50 a month. So it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I also got a flu shot. I also got a flu shot. Mm-hmm. I've not felt bad, although the, although I did pass out for the second half of the UT game, so maybe that had something to do with the flu shot. Yeah, like I got really sleepy, and UT was doing so bad that I was like, eh, no, it's not going to kill me to take a little nap. Mm-hmm. So maybe that has something to do. With it. Also, my shoulder has been really sore from where they shot me. Yeah, I, that is a common complaint this year. Like, I don't know what that extra is. Extra sore. Yeah, it's been really sore. It's been, it felt like I've been lifting weights or something. Yeah, but it's it's about better now. So I, I think I'm coming out of the flu shot. But yeah, I, I'm I've been running. I ran today actually. Mm. Uh, how much? What what kind of distance you covering? Uh, two and a half to three miles. Okay, just depending on how I'm feeling yeah. each time. Each time I run. Yeah, uh, I can make it three, but uh, sometimes I don't know. It just depends on what pace I'm making. Whether or not I stop at two and a half or go three. And how I do with the lap around my neighborhood. Like, if I do the full lap three times, that's three miles. Mm-hmm. If I do two laps, but I take the side streets, that's two and a half. So, it just kind of, it's how I'm feeling. Yeah. I've got a pretty good mapped out area here at my, uh, around my house. It's three and a quarter miles. So my So, my workout regimen right now is every four days... I will do like some kind of lifting to work my, just my whole body. I just do, I just lift things, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> just whatever I can find. No, I, I have like dumbbells or something. I just pile as much weight on the dumbbells I can get and I just lift it for about 20 minutes. <laughs> I do that. I do that about twice a week, once, maybe once every four days. And then yeah. in between I'll do some running. Yeah. But I don't want to run so much that I lose all my muscle mass. I also don't want to lift so much that. I'm in pain all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so and now something, go ahead. So we talked about this. No, I don't remember if we talked about this on a Patreon episode or a, just a regular episode, but so excessive training can be bad for you. Right. Yeah. And so they just did a recent study, can you have like a journal of physiology or something like that? I don't, I, I don't remember I, I, what the journal was that it released, but they compared half marathon runners with marathon runners. And so what they did was they saw to look um, at um, kind of muscle breakdown and how well they performed uh, marathon, half marathon uh, uh runners so what they would do is after the whatever they ran they would have them do this jump test and they would see how high the they would jump off the ground and then they would measure their blood for muscle breakdown enzymes like cpk and creatinine kinase and stuff like that 
And what they found was is that the half marathoners were in just as good of shape. They performed better on the jump, which was you would that expect be, that was going to be right. true no matter what basically but they didn't really see uh, much damage in the muscle as far as muscle as far as the enzymes mm-hmm. and like i said they they generally seem to be in uh, the, the same amount of physical shape as the marathoners the marathoners they noticed slowed significantly in the second 13.1 miles which you expect their jump test they jumped much lower after running the half marathon but a steep increase in muscle breakdown following the 13.1 miles. So the, the kind of the point was the, the full marathon, you're not, not only are you not really getting any benefit health wise, you're actually just deteriorating your system when you're going that much of a distance. But aren't you supposed to break down your muscles? So that they build back up stronger or something like that? Is that how point. it works? So to, to a point. So when you start talking about, so, and you will see this in people that exercise, people that lift weights particularly, if you draw their blood, they'll typically have muscle breakdown enzymes at a higher rate than just anybody, than just somebody that doesn't. But there is excessiveness to it. And I think what they were saying was in the, the marathon runners, you would start to see this uh, excessiveness in it. I see. Um, and plus, once you get to a certain point, once you get to a certain point of being in shape, then um, you, you shouldn't see as much muscle breakdown for an activity that you've trained for. So if you've trained for something like 13.1 miles, your body gets used to it, so it doesn't break down as much. It still breaks down every day, all day, and rebuilds. But but your body can't really get used to a full marathon. Right, that's what they're saying. Yeah, it can never get really used to it that that you're still gonna have you're gonna have these excess amounts of breakdown. Gotcha. It's probably not good for you. Well, I just like to mix it up, you know? That's what I'm doing. I will say one other thing that I'm doing, uh, and it makes me feel really old, but it helps, mm-hmm. is I've been taking glucosamine because my joints have been hurting. Yeah. Okay. But it does help. Me and too. stretching. I never used to stretch when I was younger, but now I stretch all the time because things just hurt as you get older. I don't know why. So here's the data on glucosamine. I can tell you. Large, wasting my time. Large randomized trials. So small small trials showed that there was benefit. People felt better by taking glucosamine. Large randomized trials showed there was no benefit. So the general consensus is that it was probably more somewhat, is there a true benefit? They don't really know. For me, if I hear somebody that says something that their joints hurts, I always tell them to take it because I don't think it can hurt. It can't hurt. Hey, I'll right. say I will say that it. I feel like it's helping me, and it may be placebo, but I don't care because at least it feels like it's helping me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, I, I I'm the kind of guy that uh, I don't like to take things. I take a multivitamin, and now I take glucosamine, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And I just don't like to take ingest things like that, really, for the most part. One, because it's just I feel like it's most of the time it's just a waste of money, and two. Uh, you know, I just want to put a bunch of weird stuff in my body. But uh, I'm also not opposed to a real good placebo effect because I know that's got, I know, I know it's real. 
Yeah. Somehow. I don't know how it works, but I know that if I think that it's working, then it probably is working, even if it's not actually doing anything. So, another one that I would suggest that you add is fish oil. I'm a big believer in fish oil. So, fish oil that uh, is a little iffy as well, but what we do know is that fish oils, and like olive oils, do have uh, the omega-3 fatty acids, which produce anti-inflammatory uh, which are precursors for anti-inflammatories in our system. So that, I think what we're learning about medicine in general, and we just learned about it in, in coronary artery disease with the Cantos trial, but with um, all of our, a lot of our illnesses are basically because we have, we live in a society where inflammation is excessive. And it comes down a lot about what we eat, but, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, I know we're not getting everything we need in our diets. I know I'm not, at least. Mm-hmm. It's impossible. It's almost impossible to get everything you need in your diet. I don't know how anybody would ever ever have done it. Yeah. So, I don't know. All right, I'll, I may take some fish oil. They always make my belches nasty, so. Yeah. At least for the, at least for the first few hours after it's taking one of the bad things about it. One more thing about vitamins. So you know the only two things that have been shown to be effective to decrease the amount of flu rates in people. One, flu shots. one is flu shots. The other is moderate intensity exercise for 30 minutes five times a week. That's the only two things that have been shown in studies to, to decrease the amount of flu uh, rates. Not vitamin C. You can take as much vitamin C as you want. It ain't going to help you against the flu. So, But I like vitamin C. <laughs> so you can save your money on the emergency <laughs> stuff or the airborne stuff, all that stuff. Zycam. I don't know what Zycam is. Um, so Zycam, I think, is zinc. Zinc. In it. Yeah, never mind. That's it's actually zinc. helpful. But zinc is helpful. But it's after you get, it's after you get, after you get it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So... I get those mixed up sometimes. Yeah. So, okay. Well, anyways, I take my multivitamin. I'm happy with that because it makes me feel like I'm doing something important. Yeah. <laughs> I, I break it in half. I take one in the morning, one in the It's a one a day, but I take half in the morning, half in the evening because I don't like all that at once. It makes my pee turn weird. Color. You don't like the, the yellow pee first thing? I don't like neon pee. Yeah. And if I do it half and half, it doesn't turn neon. So. Yeah. I feel like that neon pee is just me. It's just like my money going down the drain. It's like all those vitamins my body doesn't need at the time. It's like, well, we're just going to get rid of this. <laughs> and so I just see I just see my money just going down the drain right. you know what I mean right so I split it alright that's enough tangent I got some trophies alright go ahead alright the first one is there's only one there's one and only true God and he's got nectar <laughs> <laughs> and that is drink drink from the uh, whatever the paradise in the desert that has only one tree there's one that has there's a, there's one that you can drink from that has a single tree. Drink from that one. There's only one one true god and he's got nectar. All right. That's one of mine. My first one is uh, the true king of this quest. And that is not only beat the game, but get all the maximum amount of points in the game. So there's two ways two ways to actually beat the game. It's like you can actually beat the game as it is, but also Get all the points that you could possibly get. Which is basically do everything. Right. Possible. Yeah. It's like the platinum trophy for this game. 
Well, it's like Super Mario 64, where you can beat the game, and you, or you get, can get all the stars. stars. Right. Which, I hate to go off on another tangent, I'll make this one brief, but I'm super pumped, because next week, super Friday, Mario the wants. new Mario comes out, it's going to be so good. Man, it's I was thinking, so good. that would be so great if we could like do an episode where me and you play that game, but... This weekend's going to be super busy for me, so I don't know how we're going to work that out. It's your birthday weekend. I'm also traveling, but anyway, long story. Don't want to get on that tangent. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we get, we got to work that out somehow. Yeah, it's fun. Anytime. You can come over and play anytime. Yeah. You, you don't have a Switch yet. Uh, yeah. Um, well, you can come over and play anytime. It's two-player. One person gets to be the hat or something. I don't know. I don't really understand what's going on, but it's weird. It's weird. (laughs) Figure it out. All right. uh, I got another one is, uh, well, actually, that one has a curse word in it. Why don't I do that? (laughs) I'll I'll rephrase it. (laughs) Well, it's not not like a really bad one. It's like a, okay, I'll rephrase it. Uh, Don't make the innkeeper angry. And that is, which, funny, it's not really that hard to make the innkeeper angry. You just go in there. But yeah. if you go into the inn and talk to the innkeeper, his hired help comes and bonks you on the head with a wrench or something. And he just locks you away in his uh, cellar. Yeah. Oh, I got a good name for that trophy. It puts the lotion on its skin. Getting thrown in the cellar. I like Getting it. thrown in the cellar by the innkeeper. I like it. All right. Um... My next one is once bitten, twice shy, and that is get bit by the snake at the like. I think that's like the first way you can die. Yeah, because yeah, that's one of the first screens you go to in the game. Yeah, the snake, and the owl warns you. He says, "Don't go near that snake." Yeah, and then you then you can get bit by the snake. Yeah, and then you can get bit by the snake and die. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, here my next one is here. I go again on my own, and that is get the white snake. My next one is, uh, wait, this is deep, and that is drown after thinking you can just walk in the water. Yeah, because that fir- that screen when you talk to the what's his name, Crispin. it's so deceiving because all that water there is shallow, and then basically all the water in the rest of the game is not. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else is. You die. Uh, okay, my next one is. I guess we got a lot. We got a lot of trophies this one. Um, my next one is. Second Amendment, and that is get killed by the bear. Ah, uh, <laughs> it's <a> bear arms. <laughs> it's bear arms. I'm out. I don't have any more actually. Okay, then help me come up with this last one because there's one more. Um, the you, you can go when you go on the boat, the sailboat. Mm-hmm. This could be the Christopher Cross trophy, but you go out on the sailboat and you can get grabbed by a tentacle out of the water. I was wanting to come up with a trophy for that death. Mm. This it, it's a super long trophy name, but it's the uh, Christopher Cross use Christopher Cross to annoy a crab man trophy. Yeah, sing that Actually, song while getting sing that song. Crab, crab man's trying to trying to uh, teach you about a different song, and he'll grab you with his tentacle because he's so mad. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. All right. I, I I thought about coming up with a lot more trophies because you can come up with some you can come up with trophies for basically every death in the game. Yeah. But I I stopped there. All right. How are we going to rate this game? Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. About 
way of dying. <laughs> way to die. That's, that's too morbid. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Uh, let's do um, type of pie. You want to do type of pie? I like type of pie. Custard okay. pie. I've never had custard pie. So. <laughs> uh, right. I'm going to go with sweet potato pie. Shut my mouth. <laughs> uh, sweet potato pie is not my favorite pie. I can oh, eat it. I love sweet potato pie so I much. I can eat it, but it's just not my favorite. Like it, and it's kind of like this game. Like I can play it, but it's just it's, if I had a choice, I'm not gonna go for sweet potato pie. So that's my. What about sweet potato casserole? Oh gosh, now that's a different. Story. <laughs> I actually like sweet potato casserole better than I like sweet potato pie. I like sweet potato casserole better than just about anything on this planet. <laughs> yeah. I love sweet potato casserole so that's much. True. That's true. <laughs> Uh, all right. Anyways, I guess I want to go with uh, oh chocolate pie because it's a good it's a good pie, okay. But it's never really made sense to me to put chocolate in a pie, like to make a pie out of chocolate. Yeah. Just like how this game to me doesn't really make a lot of sense on the NES. Chocolate pie is pretty much just pudding in a pie crust. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make it's good when you yeah. eat it, but it just doesn't make sense. Why would you put pudding in a pie? I'd much rather So, like this game just doesn't make a lot of sense on the NES to me. Now, put this game on the computer and it looks great. It plays great. You got a mouse, you got a clicker. It's it's like put chocolate in a bar in bar form, like a candy bar. It makes mm-hmm. sense. It tastes good. I like it. Just like put this game on the computer. Makes sense. Plays good. I like it. I didn't, but I would. I promise. <laughs> cool. That's mine. Like it. Okay. All right. We got any uh, feedback? We got some Facebook feedback. So, Jeremy Sharp says, I have zero experience with this game, so I can't say anything about that. So, let's look at the box art. That path and the castle built on the, that mountain is an engineering marvel. Also seems like a terrible idea just to get apples to the castle as a seven day journey. <laughs> and Gail Wilson said, won't run a, run out of milk either. LOL. Cecil Dredge says, I've never played this title before. However, I do recall playing the earlier King's Quest titles on PC and they were pretty good. Thumbs up. Douglas Delecky Jr. says, it's freaking hard. Entertaining though. Alan Taylor says, uh, Point and click. I didn't play long enough to decide whether it's good or bad. Timmy Max says, Enter a in, hit in the back of the head, and left in the basement to die. What? This land is full of terrors. Terrorists? Terror. <laughs> Terror. <laughs> um, Tyler Jones uh, says, Finally, uh, King's Quest V has come to two dudes. So psyched to hear what you think. I understand it's point and click and takes a little while to get into, but once you sink into the storyline and get used to the puzzle system, it's awesome. Great story, fair quality, great music and character development, and a lot of humor. I'd be happy to assist if needed. Thumbs up. We should have had Tyler on the show. We we should have. That would have been much better. He would have been able to gush about it. and Mm. Oh, well. And then Aaron Vandermeer says, you two dudes have inspired me to try this game for the first time. Pretty fun style of game. It's a little, it's a lot different than most NES games, but it has its own charm. 
I liked the music a lot. I was playing this game while my 11-year-old daughter, Carly, was doing her homework. And after a while, she was humming along with the retro-style venture music. This game is definitely worth a play. Thanks, dudes. And uh, Jeremy Sharp says, uh, this, <laughs> this game looks cool, but I really like to talk to you about Alien Syndrome. Sorry, I had to game <laughs> Sorry, Gabe. But that's funny. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> and then Aaron Vandermay comes back and says, I made a YouTube video of some King Quest for five ways to die. Ha ha. So, he's the nice. one. Go check out his video. Yeah. Because I'm going to go check it out because yeah. the deaths in this game, like we talked about many times. And he actually gives us a shout out in the description of the video. But thanks to two dudes in the nest. Awesome. So, thanks, dude. Yeah. So, anyway. That's it for Facebook feedback, actually. Okay, we do have a couple on our page. Uh, Andy Lewis says, I was a huge KQ fan on the computer. This one did not convert well. That is all. Andy is a big fan. He's, he even, like, abbreviates it. KQ. He's a KQ fan. Yeah, KQ fan. <laughs> and then Greg Smith says, Man, I spent many an hour playing that one. Love the Sierra Classics. Good. Awesome. All right, we got uh, feedback on Google+. Plus. Can you guess who it is? It's Ryan Ballard. That's right. He says, I never knew this franchise came over to the NES. My only experience is on the PC, so I'm looking forward to hearing about it. Bonus. You want some bonus Ryan Ballard content? I do. I always want bonus Ryan Ballard content. Ryan sent us an email. He says, hi there, this is Ryan Ballard from Google+. With the news from Nintendo coming out this past week that they are ending the Wii Shop channel for Wii Systems, I was wondering if you guys had a list of NES games on the Virtual Console that you'd recommend people snap up before they're gone. Is that something you guys might post or address in the podcast? Love the show. Thanks, Ryan. He sent that on October 4th. When is the when is the Virtual Console, console closing, first of all? Do you know? Uh, Second of all, I don't have a Wii U, and I never have owned a Wii U. Shocker to most folks out there, probably. Uh, but no, I never had a Wii. I had a Wii U, but this is only the Wii shop for Wii, I think. I don't think this is Wii U. I think Wii U's still going. But the Wii, the original Wii Virtual Console, is finally going to be closed. So I never had a Wii, so I don't even know what's on the Virtual Console, but you had a Wii, Justin. So I'm confused at what's happening. The Wii Virtual Console, where they sell you the old games, right. is about to be shut down, so you can't buy games for the original Wii anymore. Virtual Console games. A statement from Nintendo says Wii owners will be able to purchase content from the Wii Shop channel until January 30th, 2019. Okay. So there's some time. <laughs> There's plenty of time, <laughs> yeah. but what he's saying is they have announced that there is an end to the Virtual Console on the Wii. So yeah. in this year and a few months that we have, what would you recommend? What did you What did you make sure when you got your Wii? What did you make sure, Della? Just a couple games. So I got all the Mario games. Of course. For sure. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think. The original Wii, I'm, I, like I said, I never had it, but the original Wii Virtual Console had a pretty deep library of games, did it not? I mean, there's a yeah. ton. Yeah. Um, so I guess my suggestion would be if any game that we've mentioned on this show that we recommend, uh, I would look for it on there. Yeah. 
Wow. So yeah. It's on there. It's probably cheaper than it is on the NES. Definitely. Because the virtual console is usually about, what, five bucks for a game? Five bucks for an NES game, I think. Yeah. Not so, bad. Yeah. Uh, we got, I got one more bit of feedback. Um, this is a this is a bit of an oddball. Okay. Okay. Uh, remember, remember the. <laughs> this is funny. This is probably. I don't even remember when what episode this was. The last time we talked about this, but we have an Android app, uh-huh. and it's still out there. And I actually just updated it to make sure it would still work. I didn't really change anything. I just, I just updated to make sure it still work on the latest version of Android. Uh. But I also put a little comment under, like, the new features section that you always have to put. Yeah. I just put, uh, no new features to speak of, but uh, if you're still using this app, we love you guys. <laughs> Thanks for using the app or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, we got a we got a review on it. Sweet. Fresh, fresh review. October 4th, uh, a five-star review on our app says an all-in-one app for my favorite for one of my favorite podcasts with links to everything you need to enjoy and interact with the show thanks guys sweet so still getting some love that's pretty awesome the uh, two dudes in an s app on google play i'm gonna that's pretty cool if i ever go back to android i'm gonna buy it again or i'm gonna get it it's free no i know it's free (laughs) you don't have to buy it and I don't even think I don't think there's ads in it or anything because I don't. We're not expecting to make money off this thing. If there are ads in it, then the only ads are because I used a free app creator, right? Mm-hmm. So they they may put ads in there to make their money back, but we didn't put any ads in there. So, anyways, thanks, dude, for the uh, for the review on the uh, Android app. I hope it still works works well. Yeah, yeah. The last time I checked, it worked, but I don't have an Android anything anymore right, right. since I got rid of the touchpad that's I used to use the HP touchpad to test it but I, don't, I don't even have it anymore really I mean I have it but I'm not logged into it or anything right it's still charged yeah <laughs> it probably is <laughs> it's just off but mm. once I turn it on it'll probably have 93% battery left right alright is that it that's it alright well you can always find us, of uh, on Facebook, and go to Google Plus, hang out with Ryan, um, and then now I will say Ryan Ryan would love to have you hang out with him on Google Plus, but he seems very content there by himself. Oh so yeah! If you don't want to hang out with him, I think he's fine. Yeah, I think he enjoys being the only guy on Google Plus. Actually, I think he does too. It's it's his niche. It's his niece. It's his niece. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh twitter and all that and you can always call us at 775-773-8761 or that number is 7757-RETRO1 if you have uh, letters on your phone and you can go on our website from a mobile device and in the one of the corners i think it's the upper right corner you can click on the phone and it'll ask if you want to call us and you can call us and we're still waiting on a few calls on, uh, was it pumpkin pie versus pecan pie? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Stephen Michael put that out there as a challenge to you people to let us know which one's your favorite. We got a lot of we got a lot of time till Thanksgiving, so uh, you, you American Thanksgiving. I don't know when everybody else thanks people. Yeah, they probably just thank people all the time. They don't have to have a special day for it. Yeah, America, we we're only gonna do that one day. Of- 
you know, one day a year we give thanks, the rest of it, we're total jerks. Right. But anyways, so let us know. And if you if you're out there and you like chocolate pie and you need to give give your reasoning, uh, I probably won't believe you or accept your reasoning. But if you got a if you got, you got some good reason why chocolate pie is a good pie, you let me know. Yeah. Yeah. And tell everybody tell Justin he's wrong for not liking sweet potato pie. <laughs> I didn't say it was bad. I just said not my favorite. Yeah, I understand. I understand. Yeah. You haven't said whether yours is pumpkin or pecan. Oh, man. Put me on the spot. Mine's pecan for sure. I think mine's pumpkin. You gotta get a pumpkin. We're so divisive on the show. I know. Uh, well, okay. Maybe, let me, I might be able to win you over. Do you remember when we lived in Grand Forest, mm. the little grocery store next door, or not the grocery store, I guess it was the grocery, convenience store next door, had the little mini pecan pies. You remember how good those were? Oh my gosh. Now that's a different story. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you just think about that. Come back to us next episode. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's it. Uh, let's thank, uh, we need to thank the Retro Junkies. We mentioned the No Square Gamer earlier. He's a member of the Retro Junkies. He does his YouTube show, but there's a lot of other people that you can go on our website, retrojunkies.com, and find a lot of great shows. If you like our show, you'll probably like any of those shows on there because they're all... In the same vein. Right. None of them as good as ours. Right, sure. Well, I'm just kidding. They can't be them. there. Most of them most of them are better than ours. But <laughs> <laughs> don't let them know we said that. Don't tell them we we sent you there or anything like that. Especially the Justice Germs. Yeah. Because yeah. right. nobody likes to say Justice. That's right. Uh, but go on there. Go check out the Retro Junkies. Also, thanks to the We Dude, a.k.a. the We Guy on YouTube for putting in a ton of effort to create stereo wide NES tracks of pretty much every NES game. I'm so he's, he's amazing. And the Fox dude for our logo, which is also pretty awesome. If I do say so myself. Right. All right. All right. I guess that's it. Here comes some music. I don't know what it is. It's probably Christopher Cross sailing away though. It should be. be. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye.